Okay, we are live on YouTube. Hey, this is Bill Gross, the LAProbateExpert.com. Today coming to you from New York, New York. So nice to name it twice. Now this is not a virtual background. I am actually uh, doing this call today from a uh, EXP office in New York uh, on Avenue of the Americas, right down the street from the, um, the Rockefeller Center. Hold on one second here. I got to There we go. I got to, I was on the other line. And so we do this call every week to um, share uh, with real estate professionals, investors, and wholesalers how to build our business, focusing on probate real estate. Um, and um, uh, I teach uh, a class, the 11 ways to get a sale in real estate. And most of the companies that I have bought data from or come across in my career teach really only two ways, in my experience. They either teach, sell you the data with the petitioner's information and teach you to approach the petitioner, cold call them, mail them, whatever. And the other way is to contact the attorneys and they sell you the cases and you cold call them or mail them or email them or whatever. And those are great. Um, you know, talking to petitioners is great. Um, can I get an audio? Can't hear you yet. Okay. Uh, talking to petitioners is great. Talking to attorneys is great. But one of the things where people get hung up in my experience in probate real estate is that number one, getting to attorneys is very challenging, right? I think the companies make it sound easier than it is. I think the attorneys are, are a a, um, tend to be a certain type of personality style that either fits or doesn't fit with you, more so than other businesses. I think that they have a preconceived idea of our business. And so it's challenging to come in and change that. And it's competitive space. And the other thing I learned kind of the hard way was when I ran statistics in LA County, only 5% of attorneys did more than one case a year. Now, there are a few that are very active and very productive and are certainly worth having as clients. But absent that group at 5%, that next 95% of the attorneys, they do one a year, which means a couple of things. One is getting all their business isn't gonna pay your bills, unless you have a lot of them. And second, I found that too many of them, like too many realtors, do so much broad business, they don't know enough about probate to be effective. And so a common challenge that I get, now I've made myself available for realtors and investors across the country to call me with challenges and problems trying to help them out. And I get called all the time with real estate agents or investors who will call me and say uh, that there's a problem that in the attorneys who have not done the job they're supposed to do. For example, I've had cases where people say they're waiting for the letters for three months after they're approved in the court hearing. And the reality is, Either they're posted and the client didn't know it. That's happened numerous times. Or the attorney never submitted the order in LA County for the judge to sign. Now in some counties, like in San Bernardino, the court prepares the order. But in LA County, the attorney has to prepare it, prepare it correctly. And each time they don't, it gets rejected. It adds a week or two to the process. And I've seen escrows get hung up for months because an attorney who might know a lot about contract law might know a lot about divorce law, but drunk driving, a lot of things, 
doesn't know that each individual administrative particular or doesn't have a great paralegal to get the job through. And so one of the things I've done in my business is uh, reach out when I found customers who are on their own, pro, pay, pro per or pro se, uh, handling the case on their own and struggling or working with an attorney and struggling or working with a service struggling, is I'll ask them questions. How'd you pick them? How'd you come across them? I've met different document prep services. Uh, and, and across the way I reached out and met, one in particular does a high volume business in LA County in particular, does business nationally. All they do is probate related work. They also do uh, trusts, uh, living trusts. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit as well how to avoid probate, but they do it, in my experience, at a much higher level than 90% of the attorneys will. And I'm not saying to undermine an attorney's business. What I'm saying is when you get a consumer who's not tied with an attorney, unless you know they're gonna be a good fit, my experience is you're better referring them to a service like the one I'm gonna introduce you to today, easy-probate.com. And I'm really honored to have on the call today the founder of that service, Byron Batris. Byron, welcome. Thanks, Bill. Good evening or afternoon, everybody, depending on your time zone. Well, most people are in Southern California where, where it is four o'clock. I'm in New York okay. at seven o'clock. But I'll tell you, New York, we've they restrict, dropped all the COVID restrictions and it's 72 degrees and perfect today. So New York, it's like a daytime here. So everybody's having fun. Sure. So, so tell me a little bit, what was it that, that you're the founder of this company? Um, so and I, I accept a little bit, but tell us, let's go back to the beginning. Why did you start uh, easy-probate.com? Uh, easy sure. Uh, so uh, number one, I'm a certified financial planner. So for 20 plus years, I used to help mostly rich people avoid probate. So I knew a lot about um, like at least the theory on why you wanted to avoid probate. Uh, but it's one thing to know something in theory. It's another thing to then go through it. So in 2012, I was named an executor. Uh, my wife's grandmother passed away. I was the executor and the trustee of her affairs. And like many in my position, you typically inherit uh, a lot of problems, uh, which is essentially what we, we had. We had the state had very little money. The trust had very little money, but there was commercial um, and residential real estate in the trust. And frankly, without getting into the details, uh, the attorney who drafted the document uh, really committed gross incompetence. There was a couple of clauses in there that really caused a lot of issues and for me, the administrator, executor, and trustee, that I wanted to strangle the attorney. And so not only, you know, by the time you petition, the, when you're ready to petition the court, typically it's after the funeral. It's after you've already started paying some bills of the person who died. So I was already starting to get strapped for cash. And then you got to pay, you know, a $10,000, $20,000 funeral bill. And you're like, yeah, I, I can't do that and pay the attorney $7,500. And the attorneys don't really lift a finger unless you pay them up front or at least a retainer. And so my frustration with the attorney and then ultimately my, I would call it 90% knowing what to do. I was able to just research how to do this on my own without the attorney. And that's what we did. Uh, typically probate is not something you would, you know, do over and over again. You know, I've never been an executor since. I didn't really think much of that kind of skill that I accumulated, if you will. And until my good friend's mother calls me up and says, hey, I'm at the attorney's office. Is $20,000 too much to pay to probate mom's house or her mom had passed away? 
And so I knew her really well. I was like, yeah, you kick that attorney, you know, with a Shundone sign and get, I'll help you in uh, with probate. So I helped her in Pennsylvania. Then I helped another financial planning customer in New York. Then I helped somebody else in Ohio. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, these are the same dumb forms over and over again. I bet you I can create a TurboTax like system. And so in 2016, uh, we, I put pen to paper and then essentially that was the launch of Easy Probate. Um, and since then we've changed. I used to be very, very, very anti-attorney. Uh, now we've developed a little bit more of a uh, closer relationship with like attorneys who um, kind of fit our model, which is uh, affordability, accessibility, uh, speed and accuracy. So now we actually have an attorney plan that we've rolled out mostly nationwide. It's, it's in several states, not in every state, but definitely in California. So now we have a flat fee, again, flat fee probate uh, attorney plan for $5,000 total in California. If you know anything about a California probate, attorneys are able to charge a percentage and it's typically way up in the 20s, 30s, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the percentage uh, or the size of the estate. And obviously there is no relative difference between a $200,000 state or a $20 million state on the petition for probate. It's just an extra couple of zeros. And so it, to me, it's ridiculous that they can charge as much as they do. And so our, our system is automated and you know, thorough when it comes to the probate process. So let's break down a couple of different scenarios because uh, you, thank you for giving the bigger picture. So there's the, there's the uh, standard paperwork, one heir, the executor, maybe one piece of property and a couple of goodies or something. Standard deal, nobody's gonna contest it. Nobody's going to litigate it. You know, and I see that's probably some percentage, 80, 90% of what I see go on. So <laughs> what services do you offer that person as opposed to the $5,000 attorney fee, where the, this is really your standard business is the front end. You, you, you mentioned yeah. the trade. I know you're proud of it. And I think it's important that you have it as a fallback, but what percentage your the percentage of your cases that go to the attorney is very small. Most of your clients- It's relatively small, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I should mention that we have three levels of service. A complete do-it-yourself uh, for $600 flat fee start to finish until probate is over. So stop right um, there. So stop right there. $600, everything, if you can do it all yourself, now that means you go online, you're uploading forms and filling in, but basically that's really what you're doing. You're not going to court necessarily. You're not, you're, you're scanning and uploading and you have to go fill out the forms or those of us who are realtors can maybe help our client do that, right? Yeah, exactly. So the customer would go online, fill out our questionnaire, takes maybe about 20 minutes. It's the basic who, what, where, when, how much. Um, and then immediately and instantly the petition for probate packet is filled out all online. It's complete. And the customer then just downloads it, signs it, mails and you know, notifies who they have to notify. We provide instructions. We provide video on how to do things. Uh, we provide reminders of what they have to do so that hopefully they can, you know, they can read and write. They should right. be able to follow our instructions and do it themselves. And so that's our flat fee start to finish again through the entire probate process until the discharge form is signed. Now, Easy Probate will help them uh, fill out all the forms and provide them instructions. And so what percentage of your cases, do you, I don't know how much you're allowed to share. I know you're not a publicly traded company, so I'm not looking for trade secrets, but what percentage of cases are that? It's the model? overwhelming amount. I mean, most, 
Um, I mean, actually, I would say it's probably if I were to to kind of give a, a good ballpark, um, we're probably in the you know forty five to fifty percent do it yourself, maybe thirty to forty percent in our concierge. Okay. Our concierge service is still a do it yourself probate in the sense that the petitioner is going to represent themselves, but we do everything except go to court. So instead of the customer, you know, printing, signing, we will send everything to sign electronically. Uh, California does not require a notary. So there's no notary. If any court, a couple of courts do require a notary for like some waivers and consents, we can do an online notary. Uh, California does allow that. Uh, and so then we e-file for the customer. We arrange the public notice. We notify the family. We file all of the necessary documents that normally the petitioner or an attorney would do uh, to, well, I hate to say guarantee, to really increase the chance that this is one of those pre-approved cases. And if it is a pre-approved cases, which most of our concierge cases are, then typically there's no hearing. Um, so for so the second level, I'm sorry, just to, to, to lay it out here. Um, so the service self is 600. Your concierge level sounds like it's it's the self-help with some help and some of the other actions being done. What's the, the total cost for the concierge level? Yeah, but yeah. So the concierge right now it's twelve fifty. Um, we are about to raise that price to seventeen fifty um, at the end of this month. So, but so really, it's seventeen fifty for going forward is what we're going to charge. And so, even other customers just start with the six hundred. Find us. They think they can do it on their own. When they realize what that really means, they step up to come. That's been my experience. Half of them will step up and pay. It's still much cheaper than any standard legal fee is going to be. And it's twelve uh, twelve fifty going to seventeen fifty. And they have to pay it all at once. Credit card billing. Yeah, it's credit card. We have we have payment plans available, so we can spread it out over six months. Right. Um, same with our attorney plan. It's not five thousand up front. It's a thousand dollar down payment. Or it's a you know kind of a payment plan, um, and then right. typically we don't charge the balance due until they have access to the estate assets. Right, and so so they don't have to come up with a, with more than twelve fifty or seventeen fifty in the concierge, or more than six hundred, and they might get a payment plan or credit card that's that's cheaper than that, and that's going to be about ninety percent of the cases. And then if needed, yeah. and so let's talk about not going to court. So today in in LA County. We uh, a petitioner might need to appear for the initial hearing unless it's already approved, right? Yeah, so the way it works is that if you do everything correctly, uh, you're gonna be on the pre-approved list where everything has been filed, everything is, there's a thing called a court examiner. Think right. of it as the judge's helper. They're gonna review everything. Uh, typically it's actually an attorney uh, who basically draws straws and I think has to Every attorney maybe has to rotate through. That's kind of what I've experienced. It usually changes. Um, and so they review all the paperwork. And if everything is done correctly, everything's filed correctly, uh, you know, you'll be on the pre-approved list. Uh, granted, there's always a chance somebody shows up to the hearing and says, I object. And so right. we do still recommend that people call in um, or they don't have to because if someone does object, then it'll just get continued, right? It'll be right. pushed out further. So most of the cases, uh, typically you don't have to attend the hearing. And even if there was a hearing or whatever questions the judge wanted to ask, um, you can attend remotely. And and so, but you'll know the day before if it's approved, recommended for approval, that ninety five. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know well in advance. Yeah. Ninety percent of the time, if it was recommended for approval, it's going to be approved. You don't need to show up. And, right. and the other people would show up, or the attorneys will say, "Oh, it's best to show up." There's really no reason to if it's recommended for approval. Yeah. Uh, and that's the big thing I find. 
also, I, I see, look, I make money on um, limited authority cases. I mean, I, I, the more of those, more real estate opportunities for me to buy. But the truth is I cringe when I hear people apply for limited authority with sell property with court approval because I feel like um, it's going to cost the customer a lot more money in the long run that way, right? So yeah, you're for, sure. for full authority that way. From that point on, they have control of the process. Yeah, and so this is where every county is a little different. So for example, Alameda County routinely does not issue uh, full authority if there's no attorney mm -hmm. um, or they don't do a, a bond waiver if there's no attorney. So mm -hmm. uh, even though there's no law that says you can't have full authority without an attorney, um, right. each county has its own kind of local rules. And so you do have to navigate those. We have found a lot of times people come back to us and say, you know what, I'd rather have the attorney because the court notes say everything's correct but they are recommending limited authority or a bond because there's no attorney. And there so sometimes, you know, you, you may want to upgrade to an attorney um, simply because of, of those, of those issues. Got it. Now, one of the things that, one of the reasons why I, I invite you, or I, look, I invite you because I like you and we've done this uh, before, <laughs> but, but the particular reason I invite you today is I'm in New York city and I've been meeting real estate agents here. I'm, I'm, my business expanded to include New York as well, probate was to talk a little bit about specifically New York. New York is a little different, well, it's very different. One thing that's different is in New York, they use closing attorneys rather than we use in California escrows or separate company. And so one of the things I've learned is that realtors are, are concerned about uh, the business relationship with a probate attorney because then they get referrals from these closing attorney types and who also want them to give them back the probate. So that's a challenge, but that said, what do you see as probate process in New York in general or some of the more populous counties specifically? Yeah, sure. So number one, Queens County is probably the most challenging just because the court there is, I'm gonna call them like persnickety. They're just, they're just difficult. Um, but actually New York, I would model it from a lot of, uh, from, a, from a state level, I think it's one of the better probate states. Uh, because it is it is deemed informal unless somebody objects. So what does that mean? So the petition for probate is like any other, it's who, what, when, where, right? If, if everybody signs a waiver and consent, there is no hearing, like period, no hearing, no, no probate notes. If everything, if everything is done correctly, sign a waiver and consent, no hearing, no publication, right? So there's no ad wow. in wow. the paper. Um, and more importantly, the settlement of the estate can be done by informal agreements. So that's to say there is no closing procedure of probate as long as no, nobody complains and uh, the executor administrator has a waiver and consent and a formal, I'm sorry, an informal closing agreement. Um, then there's no closing. Also the inventory part is super easy. There's no probate referee. There's no extra expense. You just, it's, it's a very rudimentary uh, inventory. So probate in New York is very easy in most cases and can be done informally. And so we find it to be a really great model for other states to potentially follow because again, it makes the process super easy. Now there's, there's still lots of forms. People don't understand what to do. There's still a lot to navigate, but you just don't interact with the court. Um, in each of these stages. So it becomes way easier. And also more importantly, no notice of proposed action like in California where you have to notify 
all the parties involved and file it with the court in at least 30 days has to pass or unless everybody consents. So in, in New York, really, as soon as you get your letters of authority, you can, uh, you can get uh, started with you know, any of the administration. And probably this is the most important part, pre-pandemic, you could walk up to court and then within an hour, walk away with your letters of authority. Again, if you showed up wow. with all of the documents um, you know, in your hand, signed, notarized, you're wow. walking away with letters of authority. Wow. Wow. And so that, that's, that's actually, uh, I think, a significant difference. And again, most attorneys probably don't do that. They're going to snail mail everything. Um, and so, yeah, um, e-filing is harder in New York than California, but that's a little bit, that's more in the weeds, more, a little bit more on our you know, administrative side. But e-filing sucks in California. Um, I'm sorry, e-filing is terrible in New York, uh, <laughs> way better in, in California, although certain counties in California are really bad. Okay. So um, now you um, uh, do business in other states as well, right? How many states do you operate in? I mean, in we where... operate in every state. Uh, there's about five states that require an attorney by law. Uh, Texas and Florida are, are two of the big ones. Uh, and that is in most um, cases, as, uh, there, there are exemptions, exceptions. And so we operate in every state, although some states obviously we just don't, don't do a lot, either because of an attorney restriction, although we have attorneys in Texas and Florida, but like a state like Iowa, Mississippi, other states that have these attorney requirements are pretty small. We kind of stay away from them, although we could do them um, if needed. You know, one of the things uh, I'm a member of the, I'm an affiliate member of the LA bar and the Beverly Hills bar. And there's like a chat room that they allow members to participate in. And one of the hot topics I find all the time is what they call practicing law by non uh, licensees or non attorneys. And really you are like, gotta be public enemy number one, or I guess legal zoom would be number one. Maybe you're somewhere on that list. <laughs> of uh, enemies of attorneys, uh, really, and yet, uh, I find two things. You save the state thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars, and you get the job done more quickly, more efficiently, which saves time and aggravation as well. But you're also under a little bit of heat of pressure. I know you added the attorneys to your service. Talk a little bit about some of the the risks that, that like, as a real estate agent, I, I run the risk of an attorney watch this video and call me up saying, what the heck are you doing? Talk, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, without getting into details, number one, the bar has already tried to shut us down, just like to try to shut down LegalZoom. The bar has tried to shut down accountants from giving tax advice. Um, and so the bar is notorious for what I would call, and this is an opinion, right? This is not a company opinion per se. My legal advisor would probably caution me to say, but really the bar operates in, in fully known unlawful territory. So for example, there is no statute in California that says you have to be an attorney you know, to fill out probate forms. There's no statute in California that would limit our speech in any of the normal you know, ways. Obviously there are uh, limitations in speech um, you know, without getting into the theory of it, but, and one of, uh, giving advice is not one of them. So the bar is on shaky ground and they routinely lose um, lawsuits, all the, going all the way to the state Supreme Court, um, every time LegalZoom sued and won against California, North Carolina, you name it. Uh, 2019, 
uh, another company, Legal Legal Tech, same kind of system that we do, but for traffic tickets, got in the same kind of trouble. They sued and won in the, in the Florida Supreme Court. So the issue of the unauthorized practice of law is more of a bar issue. The bar says you can't do it. The law doesn't. Again, that's an opinion uh, backed by precedent. Um, so what we operate in is what we call the Scrivener exception. So think of um, old time, you know, I mean, the law comes from kings, essentially, right? The history of the law is the king would decide. So a scribe who would write down things of a king would write down what the king says. A scribe is not declaring themselves king if they copy verbatim what the king says, right? And that's essentially the same principle. A Scrivener exception allows a company like ours to take verbatim like a mail merge and take answers from a questionnaire and put them in the correct spot in the correct form. Um, and so we were able to prove that we don't practice law. We don't give legal advice. Again, there is no definition of that. Uh, there is some lines that you have to be careful with, um, but now integrated in our system, we have an in-house attorney who quote unquote has reviewed all of our processes. And we've also, if you will, subcontracted with our attorney partners like in California. They have reviewed our logic, reviewed the forms that we spit out review our output, kind of give us a quality control. So now every part of what we do is at least rudimentary at a kind of process level reviewed by an attorney, if not actually reviewed by an attorney. And more importantly, for a lot of our customers, we have the ability to ask an attorney, um, even for our DIY and concierge cases, if right. there's a kind of a question that comes up that is right. probably a legit <clears throat> legal question, well, guess what? Now we have an attorney partner that we can just email text and they get back to us really quickly because we provide them a lot of business. Right. So I can say this, I don't have, I'm not gonna make a legal opinion or, or express one, but I can say as a business professional in real estate and as a businessman, 90% of clients would be better off, no doubt, with your service than with the attorney they had. Now there's a percentage that there's litigation and more complicated. And I don't know your attorney, you know, who it is and what their service is haven't evaluated, wouldn't say it's good or bad. And I've seen some great attorneys in LA that I'm very comfortable referring business to that's appropriate for them. But for yeah. the routine matter, I can say as a professional, as a businessman, not as a matter of law, that 90% are better off with your service uh, than the attorney. And as a professional, I can say that I've enjoyed our relationship. I have attorneys I'm on good terms with, but I'm not getting rich out for the referrals back <laughs> from them. I've given out more business than I've gotten back in my experience. So I would say for all of you professionals, you might get some pushback from an attorney, but our job at the end of the day is to serve our customers. We get paid based on the value we create for our customers. And if your customer is the estate or somebody who owns a property, our job is to help them save money. And, and uh, Byron's a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, well, and I would actually just add, I mean, I came from an industry that, you know, fee compression is a thing, right? I think realtors probably, you got to fight for your commission yeah, at times. Every day. And so- Imagine telling a customer, if you use you as a realtor, you can help them save $30,000 on probate costs. That's going to go a really long way. Our typical savings is about 15, you know, because again, typical say, typical fee in California is about 15,000 very, very commonly just because of the uh, percentage of the real uh, of the assets of the uh, that attorneys are allowed to charge. Right. Um, so yeah, we could definitely help you help your customer save money. Well, it's true. In a million dollar house, you know, the real estate fees might be 5%. And in half that would come to me at 2.5%. Uh, 
Um, and so uh, $25,000 is a lot of money, but, but the attorney's fees would be $23,000. Yeah. And the difference between your 600 or your 1250 or 1750 and that $23,000, in my experience, 90% of the time, you will outperform the higher price fee. Now it's true that people can sell their house without me. It's not true that they're gonna get a better net profit when they don't use me or a good real estate agent. And that's the challenge. We as professionals need to create value for customers. If we don't, we're gonna be out of business. We will be interneted out. And, and we all feel that to some degree with business we've lost, but that's, that's the role that we're in. And I'm not here to hurt attorneys in any way. I wanna give good attorneys some business. Um, I see one here. I don't see any questions, Chatbox. Do you have questions? I want to pivot to your other business, Byron. But before we do, let's clean up and finish up on probate. Uh, Justin, I see your hand up. You have a question for us? Yeah, Bill. I don't know if you remember a while back, I talked to you about a woman that had a house in Los Angeles that was going through a probate issue. Uh, it's probably when I first started with the brokerage back in November. Yeah. Uh, she's still going through that issue. And I talked mm. to her today and kind of recommended to maybe maybe to have you talk to her um but she says that she's paid seventy thousand dollars so far in legal fees uh she got a lawyer that is a professor at uh, ucla and she says that uh during the last court proceeding the guy didn't even show up she was really disappointed you know in in la uh for most things now i would say almost everything a train does not need to show up they can be on video but i would say I show up for my client because if I can give better service by being in person, my customers pay me good money. I need to give the best service I can. It surprises me. I get, if you have a health issue, 100%. But if you don't, and theoretically the court is operating safely, unless you have a particular health issue, I don't get not going to court um, when your client would be best served. Uh, Byron, do you have any? Is there a, question? Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts here. And granted, I, I'm allowed to talk about strict procedure. Oops, I think we lost you, Byron. Hello, can you hear me? I think I have audio, Byron, I don't see you. I think you froze. Uh, can you guys hear me, testing one, two, three? Yes, yeah, I can, I can hear. It looks like Byron froze up. I can hear you. Um, we, can, you're fine. we are able to hear. Fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think, Byron, I think you froze up on the, we need to recome in or what, but okay. So any, so let's say, I'm thinking he's gonna have to either, whatever the internet is happening is gonna have to pass or he have to come back in somehow. Um, uh, any questions for Byron or me while we're waiting for him to, to log back in? No, feel free to put in the chat box uh, or raise your hand. Or just unmute yourself and speak. Anybody have any questions that we talked about? Was this interesting and helpful? Yeah. So I think the next part is even more interesting because this is about when you have a probate or you have leads in probate. And, and for most of us in the call, we need more, we need more leads. So if you need more leads, say I. If you want more leads, say I. 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 If you don't say I, you're not gonna get more leads. So I think I, that's everybody's call. I, I, that's how it works. I, I, okay. so, I, 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 I,
So the next, let's take the next piece. I, I think you're muted still. Um, yeah, so what I was about to say, because I think this is an important point, um, attorneys are not allowed to charge their full fee for probate. They can take a retainer. So if your client has taken seven, has been billed 70,000 and has paid for probate, that's literally not allowed. Attorney fees are only ordered at the end of probate. So I would, I think it was Justin, let's, I would recommend that we chat um, there. If she's paid, there are ways to recover those fees. Um, and that's what I would consider highly sus suspicious from the ad attorney. Yeah. They might, I think okay. Typically Thanks. Happens, what typically happens is they, they call a retainer and they build it up and they're billing against it as, as well. And then you can fight that. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can definitely fight that. Yeah. Yeah, good. Excellent. And look, I don't want to be anybody that money they've earned. We, we, we want to beat the bad actors out. It's not, nobody's here is talking about taking money out of, of attorneys' pockets who are giving valuable service to their clients. That's not what it's about. Many of them don't know what they're doing. And I have, and the thing that frustrates me is I call them to offer help and they always have to act, most of them act like they know more than they do and don't help the client. That, that's where the problem comes in. Let's pivot a little bit, Byron, because one of the other real valuable parts that really maybe we should just, we, we've talked about before, um, but um, in particular, uh, I'd like to talk about maybe some other states as well, is your service where you do living trusts or avoiding probate, right? Yeah. So it's a natural combination uh, for we as realtors, and I, I think that we, we often look for, well, show me somebody who's selling a house right now. We all want that. But one of the things that I teach is 11 ways to get a probate sale. One way to earn it is by offering your clients a tool to avoid probate. In many states, it's a living trust. And if you can help them do that cost effectively, and they appreciate that, you're showing your, your need, you're creating value. Of course, who are they going to call when they need some help? Hopefully, that's you. And Byron's company, in addition to helping people who are in probate, has the product that helps many people, not everybody, many people avoid probate, living trust. Let's talk a little bit about your living trust product as well. Um, I, I know attorneys will tell me that services like yours aren't worth it. I'm not going to give a legal opinion, but my business opinion, tracking estates, tracking results, 95% of people will be better off with a bad living trust than no living trust. That's my personal experience watching people in court based on my business assessment, not a legal assessment. Byron, what's the case? Tell me why you got in that business and what you offer customers. Sure. Um, so again, I'm a certified financial planner. So like I dealt with, you know, hundred million dollar net worth families as well as you know, a million and under uh, kind of the, 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 the mass affluent, if you will. And so I've seen every document you can possibly can, you know, think of, whether it's an irrevocable life insurance trust, a grant to retain annuity trust, you know, all the charitable remainder, charitable lead trust. Like I've, I haven't drafted them, but I've led, I've been the lead, if you will, in the estate planning process on these trusts. I've read them. I explain these trusts to my customers. I probably have read maybe 1,500 to 2,000 trusts total. You know, so remember when I told you when I was the executor and trustee, I knew we had an issue. As soon as I read that trust and, and the will, I was like, you know, oh, F, we're, we're, we're screwed. This attorney really screwed up. And so a, to avoid probate, there's really two things you have to do. Number one, either have assets automatically transfer to somebody else. Think of like life insurance, IRA accounts with beneficiaries, uh, joint tenants, rights of survivor that kind of stuff, it automatically transfers to somebody else. 
or you own it in a vehicle like a trust where the trust is, uh, if you will, in perpetuity to, well, not in perpetuity, but it lives on after the grantor as a legal entity um, and owns the assets. Therefore, no probate is needed because there's no court order. Additionally, there are things called um, ladybird deeds or transfer on death deeds. So you can just have it in the deed that says upon my death, my children get it. Um, as long as there is no court order required to transfer the property, you don't need probate. And so our estate plan uh, produces a revocable trust, a power of attorney, a medical power of attorney, a pour over will. A pour over will, I mean, a will obviously requires probate, but ideally it's the last resort. If you do everything correctly, there is nothing to go through the estate except maybe a car because that becomes more administratively a pain in the butt to owned by the trust. Um, and then of course, uh, we provide a quick claim deed so you can actually transfer the property into the trust. And so by owning things in a revocable trust, you are then able to avoid probate because the trust would then be in existence, own the property, and then ultimately um, you know, transfer to the heirs without probate. So uh, all that sounds great. And um, uh, what's the cost and what's the time involved? So if I'm just an uh, individual person and I own property uh, and I want to avoid probate uh, and I, I you know, have just a simple, maybe a couple of kids, maybe I don't, um, what's the cost to do it? And then if I'm a husband, wife, again, simple yeah. family, kids, no kids, what's the cost to do a basic program? So we charge, again, a flat fee of $300 for the estate plan, which produces all those documents if you're single. $500 if you're a couple, however you want to define a couple. So we just say, who do you care about? Who, who do you want it to go to? And then that's really the, the couple that we, that we, that we you know, consider. Uh, again, if you compare that to an attorney, it's three to $8,000 for the simple estate plans. Um, and again, I would, I would say that there is no quote unquote bad trust. There might be bad terms in the trust, um, but that's oftentimes driven by, by the customer. Uh, but really ours is a boilerplate document. Uh, we call it the 90 percentile rule. Our trust would work 90% of the time when there's, you know, a family whose sole purpose is to avoid probate, right? right. If now all of a sudden you start talking about tax uh, strategies, or you start talking about this is my fifth spouse and I have children from multiple partners, yeah, this isn't for you. We would tell you that you need our attorney plan within our trust structure, um, and then we would, you know, give you legit legal advice um, because you're going to have more complicated situations. Uh, but I think probate and estate planning are very simple. Um, it's usually the, the, the transfer is what you're thinking about. Um, and then the asset may be complicated, but really the trust is a pretty straightforward in most of the time. Right. And that 10%, when people have multiple families, multiple combinations, maybe a complicated business or a lot of assets where taxes are an issue and who they leave things to or they don't leave to certain kids, that's where they need to sit with somebody who they know, like, and trust. And Byron's company has an attorney feature, but that's why I refer them to a local attorney. And as a professional, my job is to, to kind of assess that and make the right, right referral. And there's attorneys that I've done Zooms with, invited on this call and promote because I think they do a good job for the more complicated cases. I would call the medium and the more expensive ones that, that need a, maybe need a local expert also. Maybe an attorney knows the local attorneys, maybe not. And you could talk to Byron's company as an alternative as well. But there's no reason for most people. Uh, uh, the other problem is sometimes these attorneys, my experience is, they make it too complicated to finish the job 
and then the customer doesn't get the benefit. You know, if they don't, there's a question, I guess, if they, if they felt the trust and never sign it and never deed the property in, now you basically go into probate court to try to say, hey, we meant to get it done and we didn't get it done. But there's no reason to go there. Um, and the advantage of uh, Byron's case is it's much quicker, much faster. So how long have you guys been doing it and in how many states do you do living trusts? Yeah, so uh, living trusts, uh, you can do in every state. Uh, the requirements per state uh, do vary a little bit, but really you're looking at uh, for the trust, it just has to be notarized because it's just a contract, just has to prove to be valid. The contract is between the grantor and the trustee typically themselves. Uh, so it just needs a notary. Uh, and for the remaining documents, it just needs two witnesses. So there's no state we can't operate in, um, in, in, in the living trust. Again, personally, I've been doing trust work since 2000. I'm a certified financial planner. Um, I worked for Morgan Stanley at UBS. Um, but for easy probate, we launched uh, the estate planning um, in 2020. And I will uh, note that we always offer a free will and a free medical power of attorney, like even pre-pandemic. The pandemic has really shown like why a medical power of attorney is so needed. So yes. anybody who does our estate plan and doesn't want to pay or just wants the free will, we always offer a free will and wow. a free medical power of attorney. So important. Having been through that, unfortunately, with you know, having lost four parents between me and my wife, uh, having those in place are incredibly important. It's tough enough with those documents. Trust me, without the documents, it's just a nightmare getting medical attention, making medical decisions and all that. So, yeah. so Bill, Terry just asked the question, does it cost extra to put a house in the trust? It doesn't cost our customers anything extra. Uh, we include the quick claim deed which is the deed to change the ownership from the person to the trust. Uh, what you'll then have to do is register at, at the recorder, at the county recorder of deeds, and then whatever the filing fee is, it's usually, you know, a couple, maybe, it, it just depends by county. It's, it's, it's very, very, very minimal. Very good. So yeah, so they prepare the quick claim deed and the customer has to get it recorded at that point and then get a copy of it for them. But that's another option as a real estate agent, you might consider for key client doing that for them, getting the, the deed recorded through a vendor and then offering that back to them as, as part of the package. Good question. Hey, Mark Pedroza, I saw a couple of questions or comments from you. I'm not quite clear what those are. Free leads in California, free dist found distribution in this file. I'm not quite sure. Is there a question there that we didn't cover, Mark Pedroza? No, no, it's just inquiring about it, that's all. Oh, and what was you want to inquire about? Is there, do we, no, I mean, yeah, you were, we, what was it again? Who wants leads or probate leads? Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Maybe okay. I'm just being facetious, but yes, that's just Probates. me and my personality. But yeah, you think probate, man, I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to be here every Thursday or Tuesday whenever you have your uh, Zoom meetups. But yeah, thank you. I'm continuously learning, even though I've been through it personally myself. There's like nine of us other kids. Right. And so, but that's a different story, but yeah, I don't want to interrupt you, but. Thank you, well, thank you, thanks so much. Yeah, for those of you, anybody's interested as a, a real estate investor, wholesaler, wanting to do some probate uh, uh, lead generation, love to talk to you, I do get leads, I do share them with people in our groups, I'm glad to help you with that. If you're a real estate agent interested in getting into lead generating in the probate space, I'd be glad to do a consult with you one-on-one -on -one and kind of help you with that as well, so that's great. But one of the ways I teach all my agents, even if you don't want to cold call, petitioners, you don't want to cold call attorneys, one thing we all should do is take advantage of what Byron just offered. Uh, everybody in your database, past client, serve influence, 
people you sold houses to, people that you didn't sell to, you need to find out, do they have a living trust or not? And they all either do or don't. And they don't, you should tell them about this service that's very cheap because most people think living trust costs $3,000 or $5,000. And literally he just told us it costs 500 for a couple and 300 for an individual. Now that he said they get a free will and free health directive, which is fantastic for the trouble. So they go through the process. You should all call every client you have and ask them that question as a service. I'm curious, I was just on a call with an expert in this area with a founder of a company and that will generate leads for you. I promise you, one of my 11 ways to generate business is this, center of influence, calling them all, finding out who has a living trust and who doesn't have a living trust and those that do, directing them to an appropriate solution. Now, if they have a higher net worth, either Byron can handle them, help them with that, or you might want to find a local attorney that's more appropriate for that kind of a customer and maybe easier for them to work with. If they're local, I don't know. But at least call them, tell them you care. Don't come from a, oh, by the way, who knows looking to buy or sell. No, just clearly come from, I care about you and I don't have a record of you having living trust and I wanted to make sure you had this opportunity to save some money. There are services that will pay you a commission to do this. Don't do that. It's not worth it. Better to get the relationship and build, build some money. Okay, Byron in the chat box put free to contact him at byron at easy-probate.com. And you can schedule a call with him. Wow, that's easy to know. I, I didn't know that, Byron. Thank you for putting that there. <laughs> you can uh, hit him at uh, Calendly. And his Calendly is um, easy-probate.com slash 30min. And I'll put both of those in the um, description and the YouTube uh, when we send out the replay for that. So we'll take care of that as well. Any other questions for Byron? Again, either on probate uh, service, on how to, uh, if you're in probate and need to get out uh, as efficiently as possible, or how to avoid probate on the living trust. Who has a question for Byron or me that we can help you with today? Anybody? You guys are being very passive, nobody? All right, well. I... For the trust, what does a single person cost? $300. So easy-probate.com is the website. If you go in there and hit the trust, it will show you breakdowns and, and that kind of thing. And I think there's also, you can schedule an appointment there as well. Yeah. So Bill, this is a little bit of a maybe free uh, solicitation slash advice and or idea. Um, yeah. You guys are familiar with reverse mortgages, right? Yes. So every reverse mortgage by definition will end in a death, <laughs> you know, because that's, that's when the mortgage ends and then it has to be paid. Every reverse mortgage that's uh, uh, insured by the government will flow through HUD and NOVAD. We have successfully been uh, involved in some short sales where we've been able to get the realtor fee, our fee, and even an executor fee on the docket because foreclosure will cost almost $77,000 and take about 680 days on average. Whereas probate, you can get the letters of authority in typically 40 to 60 days, depending on the county. And then our flat fee with the attorney is 5,000 or, you know, or even the do it yourself. And so oftentimes if an attorney is not involved, well, then you're preserving some equity for the family and then people are motivated to do it. And so if you have any ways to get uh, foreclosure lists, really, I, I would encourage you guys, this is, this is gonna be an exploding market as the baby boomers age. And yep. start to pass on. Yep. I, I would encourage you guys to think about reverse mortgages 
see if you have a contact or oftentimes there's a local HUD, you know, either in the county or obviously there's like a state representative in HUD that it could be easier to reach. Um, and they want, they desperately want to get these assets off their books. Um, so yeah, just food for thought. That's just something that we've we really started to play around with. You know, this is a genius idea. And I, I can tell you, I see regularly um, probates that um, start, uh, they, the, the, the property is barely worth more than reverse mortgage, but they take so long, there's unpaid interest that gets added onto it. So if, if, the, if the process isn't fast, you add six months, eight months, at $3,000 a month, that's another $18,000, $20,000. You, you wipe away the equity, yeah. That's statutory attorney's fees, could be on a, a million dollar house, could be $23,000. And I've seen them just say, well, you know what? It's obviously plenty, they try to grind it out and figure it out. And I've also seen several, they just throw up their hands and say, it's a short sale and the court doesn't even bother with it and they let it go. So definitely it's good to know uh, what a great prospecting technique, reverse mortgages would be a great way to catch people ahead of time. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I may know that one, guys. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to jump on that one. Yeah. Good. All right, guys, it was a pleasure talking to everybody. And if you guys need me for anything, either contact Bill or you guys have my email. And if you use that link, it'll take you to, to my Calendly app, which is you can schedule me directly through there. Byron, thank you. I'm happy to thank you so much for everything you do in the industry. Thank you for taking time with us. I really appreciate it. Okay, awesome. You guys have a great night. Thank you, Byron. So, you too. Very informative. Thank so I, I, I appreciate, you know, it's and, and uh, Byron's a great guy, but uh, he agreed to stay after to accommodate us. Any other questions I can help you guys with regarding probate or, or his service? I, I know pretty well I've used it in, uh, for several customers on various products. Anything I can help with before we wrap up? I have a Go ahead, Janice. I have a question in regards to, he was saying with the reverse mortgage, is it to... Um, find out who has reverse mortgage and if they don't have a trust, have them put the trust together. Is that what he was talking about? He was saying that reverse mortgages that go into foreclosure oh. um, are particularly um, appropriate for a discount service like his because the nature of reverse mortgages uh, can be that, they, you know, they, they now, of course, price are probably going up quite a bit right now, but there are people who got reverse mortgages, say, two years ago and there's not a lot of equity left and the condition of the property is bad. And it might even been the, the lender overpraised the value when they did the mortgage. And so now it's a short sale. There's not enough money in it to pay off the, uh, the, uh, the lender uh, as well as the legal fees, which can add up and be substantial. And so what he's offering is because it's a discount rather than an attorney's fees maybe being $23,000 uh, that you can offer the, the service to your customer of doing it for $1,200, 1250 or 1750 concierge or $600 on your own. And I know plenty of real estate agents who use the service and they just do the concierge for the client themselves to save the money and to be involved with the client. And as a service, get the client the probate, get it approved and can sell the property quickly. So he was suggesting that you track reverse mortgages that are going into foreclosure as a source of good leads. All right, thanks. Uh -huh. Good. Uh, any other questions? I just wanted to know how New York was treating you. Can I tell you that um, I got here, the weather's been perfect. Last week it was raining, it was cold, it was hot and muggy. I got here on Thursday, it's been 72 and perfectly crystal clear. I'm from LA, it doesn't get better than this. 
Uh, and on Tuesday night, they eliminated COVID restrictions. People are celebrating and the energy is great. So I'm loving being in New York. Thank you very much for, for asking, but I'm uh, doing really good here. Thank you so much. I'll be here through Tuesday. I'm working today, tomorrow. So call me, text me, email if I can help you guys. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank you. I have a quick question. Bill, great I piece have of pizza question. last night. Yeah, just real quick though, I had a great piece of New York pizza last night, by the way. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I love their pizza. Okay, so, well, can you, I'm sorry, could you, I should have asked him, I apologize. Can you circle back around to what he said about HUD and going there to, for a resource? Yeah. They don't want their assets? Yeah, now keep in mind that he deals nationally. So I don't, I don't think that approaching LA HUD office, unless you have a connection there, you're gonna get, get help there. But what he's suggesting, the, the, the goal here is to find out um, which reverse mortgages are in foreclosure. Oh, okay. And, and so however you would get that data, whether it be a title rep or a service or um, going to LA HUD. Okay. And I don't think LA HUD experts isn't gonna cooperate no. with you. The point he's making is, that they would like to not go through foreclosure and not have those properties foreclosed. Nobody wants to do foreclosures today. And they're just too expensive and a waste of assets. So if you can possibly save the property and get any equity for the estate, that's a, that's a big win for everybody. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And I got questions. This uh, um, uh, recorded, we record them all and it's on uh, YouTube and we'll send anybody who's registered through either Eventbrite or Meetup, you'll get a link to the YouTube, hopefully within the hour. Okay, love to have you guys. I'd love to have you guys subscribe and support the channel. Love to have you, if you like it, like it. If you don't, put a comment in as to why, what we can do to make it better. I'm a real estate broker. I'm not selling any coaching, I'm not selling any data. Obviously, I do get real estate agents that are for me business. I love that. Um, I also am building out a team nationally. If you're interested in changing companies, love to talk to you, but I'm not here to recruit you for that. I sell houses, I represent states, attorneys. Uh, I do legal real estate. That's my business every day. And uh, I do this to, teach, I do it to learn. I get people like Byron to talk to me because of doing this call every week. So I appreciate your support. If you're interested in continuing to build your business as a professional, come every week. You know, I, I do, I go into classes in an hour. I might get just one or two good tidbits, but one or two good tidbits in my business could be a 10 or $20,000 check. So that's why I'm on this call myself. That's why I do it is to learn myself as well. So I'd love to have you guys support. Um, this week we're in New York. Next week we'll be back in Los Angeles. We'll continue. It's probateweekly.com and we do it every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. We also record it. It's on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. Thank you for your support, guys. Call me, text me, email if I can help in any way. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Thank Bill. You. Thank you, Bill. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rama. Thank you. No, my pleasure. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thank you.